Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Happy New Year, folks, and welcome to this New Year edition of the Media Podcast. I'm Ollie Mann. On today's program, it's our 2015 Predictions Special. We talk to those in the know about their expectations for the year ahead in media. And, yes, we'll hold others to account for what they said would happen in 2014. That's Maggie Brown, Fee Glover, Matt Deegan, Steve Ackerman, John Plunkett, Jane Garvey, Lisa Campbell, Ben Cooper, Jake Cantor, and even more on today's media podcast, sponsored by Audioboom. Well, first up on this prediction special, it's a welcome return to the two guests that we had on the last 2014 edition of the Media Podcast, uh, and that is in no way a coincidence. It's not as if this was recorded at the same time and then somehow split across into the new year. That is, of course, James Robinson from Powers Court PR, and uh, we have to call you veteran media writer, don't we, Maggie? I think that's the rule. Maggie Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm resigned to it. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> now, last year, Maggie, on another podcast that has been discontinued... Uh, R.I.P. Uh, you made some predictions for the year 2014. Yeah. Are you ready to defend yourself? I certainly am. Yes. Okay. Wow. You sound robust and resilient. I am. H- here is what you predicted. Chris yeah. Patton would still be chair of the BBC Trust at the end of 2014. Yes, well, I mean, the thing is, I didn't know that he had such a bad heart and he, you know, suffered, unfortunately, um, a a major uh, intervention in April. And on health grounds, he had to stand down. He hadn't planned it. It just happened. Right, well, just just bear that in mind, you know, when you make your predictions this year, we would like medical analysis to come into it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Another prediction you made uh, for 2014 was there would be a change in TV programme tastes. You thought we'd see more family dramas, less vicious murder programmes. Well, I think that I'm partly right on that because it takes a long time to change the mix uh, on television. And you may have noticed that, for example, uh, we've had ITV announce only in the past week uh, that it's going to make a 13-part series of Beowulf, the the famous Anglo-Saxon epic poem. That's pretty vicious. I I would, would not deny that that murder and detectives and all the rest of it has have a have a huge hold on us but i know because i was chairing a session actually with ben stevenson who is the drama commissioner of the bbc that i think that they want to spread the portfolio okay and the other prediction that you made i mean i'll give you i'll give you the balance of the doubt on that one the other prediction that you made uh, was more high-end documentaries facilitated by a tax break uh, actually the tax break went to kids programming didn't yes, it, it but did. you, you were right there be one 
Well, I, I'm, I'm very pleased that, and, and in fact, this is the way the world is going. What, what the government is doing, it's not actually uh, subsidizing institutions. It's actually trying to encourage with tax incentives, the creative industries and the different parts of the production business. So I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to bits that children's television takes precedent over high-end documentaries. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy to say I was wrong. But I, what I will say, because I know, is that there is a, a big dependency now on nine o'clock documentaries. I, I was only last week lunching with um, Richard Klein, who's the head of uh, factual and commissioning documentaries for ITV. And that is one of the things that he absolutely has to do, find good, strong nine o'clock, often male skewing programs. For example, we've seen a lot of the Aylesbury and, and the Trevor MacDonald fronted programs. And we've got a number coming up in that sort of area. Uh, he, he's going back um, to Borstall's, uh, looking at Brighton Police in the Nick and, and other types of animal programming too earlier in the evening at eight o'clock. So I, I do think that documentaries, because they're cheaper than high-end drama, I would defend that. OK, Maggie Brown, fighting fit and standing firm by her predictions from last <laughs> year. Stay where you are, Maggie. I'm going to ask you for your 2015 predictions. But James, uh, yep. first of all, you know, you've heard how this can come back to haunt you now. Uh, yep. What are you prepared to put your name to for this year? I didn't realise, you know, we'd be... Um in 12 months time we'll be going back over these so i'm now i'm now revising some of my more um <laughs> my more um outrageous predictions um well i think this is this is a, this is a good one i'll start with a good one andy coulson's memoirs to be number one bestseller mm. what do you think of that I, 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 I quite like that yeah will they be serialized anywhere though i wonder well it's, it's definitely not in the sun <laughs> uh, it, it would be a gripping read uh, for anyone who's interested in politics let alone the media and showbiz and Piers Morgan's done it before, hasn't he? With a, but but Andy's book would be riveting. So that if he does publish one, there's no doubt at all it would be a, a huge sensation. What's his narration but, like? Because I found myself listening to the Mandelson one as an audio book. Oh really? Yeah. You just can't. You know, you can't help but be seduced by that voice. Yeah, no, it's true. Oh, Andy's got a bit of an Essex boy accent, hasn't he? But yeah. it's quite a sort of bit of a Cockney, Cockney accent. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if he'd. Uh, I think he'd have to get someone else into. To do that for him, maybe some, you know, what, what's that guy? What's the Danny? Um, Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. I think yeah. Danny Dyer should should do the audio version. Cool, blimey, Governor! You never yeah, believe exactly. what it was like when I was working for the PM, going down those Apple and stairs in Number Ten. Exactly. All you that, twat. All that. that sort of thing. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> you map it, <laughs> um, Maggie. Why don't we alternate these, Maggie? Do you have a prediction that you'd like to throw into the mix? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I, I would say I'm pretty certain that um, there'll be a, some form of takeover of ITV. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but we've already got an American liberty uh, with 6.4% uh, mm. in in the PLC, rather. And we also know that um, sympathetic or other types of uh, investors have been piling in, too. Some say it's as high as 20%. So that's the talk, really, I think, within the the, the media business sector in, in, in the UK that ITV is ready for the picking and of course there wasn't much of a fuss about Channel 5 when it was acquired by an American company of course Vodafone is, is mentioned also as a possible purchaser too mm, There's a lot of speculation wasn't there about the share price and the, the bonuses that staff were getting and so on and, and you are not alone in this podcast Maggie at predicting 
uh, oh, sale for ITV this year. So, so yeah, you 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 have your I mean, support. I feel a bit I feel a bit concerned if it, if it is an American takeover. To be honest, uh, I don't say it um, with a kind of gleeful tone, but I I, I say it as a sort of you know, looking at it realistic way. Mm. Probably means guaranteed Downton Abbey for the next twenty years, though. James, second prediction from you. I am going to predict that there will be the first ever female editor of The Guardian oh. in the new year. As we know, Alan Rusbridge has stepped down, or rather stepped up, uh, to become chairman of the Scott Trust, which owns The Guardian, after 20 years as editor-in-chief. And I, uh, the strongest candidates to replace him, or two of the strongest, are, are both women. And I think that the time has come for a female editor of The Guardian, which is an, 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 and still a very rare thing, of course, for a woman to edit um, a national newspaper. Um, there's been there's been a few, but um, still not as common as you might expect in this day and age. So. Yeah, they'd, they'd be the only woman on Fleet Street, wouldn't they, Maggie, at the moment, on a daily anyway? I think so, yes. I mean, we've, yeah. we, have, we have had two before, but there's been a bit of a, a long gap. OK. Well, Sarah Sands, unless you count Sarah Sands at the Evening Standard, but because that, that isn't strictly a national service. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that counts, fair point. OK, uh, Maggie, third prediction from you. Uh, well, I'm going to say that... Uh, We'll see the age at which a free licence fee, BBC licence fee, kicks in, currently 75. It, it may start being raised gradually as pensions are being uh, raised for women to, to equalise with men, 65. And then after that, we know that the pension age is going up. I think that this uh, this is an increasingly large burden, which was never expected to be as, as big as it is. And... Um, if you recall, in 2010, the government tried to get the BBC to take the hit and failed. So this, if it depends, I mean, so much depends. This prediction does depend on the outcome of the election to some extent. But I wouldn't be surprised if some kind of announcement was made along those lines. Mm. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because really, it's, it's older people who are still watching live TV. And, and those are the people who, who you need to pay the licence fee because younger people will say, well, I'm just watching it all on demand anyway. It's, yes, it's incredible. I mean, the the, the 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 older you get, the more TV you you watch and you're not really tempted away by uh, gizmos. I mean, you like the big screen and, and you like kind of the comfort, really, I suppose, of, of, of scheduled channels. OK, good stuff. James, final prediction from you. So make it a real barnstormer. Okay, okay. My final prediction is that uh, Nigel Farage will appear on Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally see that on the Christmas special. I I somehow don't think he'll do the series. It may be not the series. We'll we'll see how he fares in the election in May. Um, But, you know, great tradition of former political heavyweights (laughs) appearing on the the show. So perhaps if uh, the election doesn't go as well as he hopes, he might, he might, um, it's either that, it's either that or I'm a celebrity, isn't it? One or the other. Maggie, you have the final say on this. One more prediction. I'm going to grant you one I know. More. It's terrible, really, because I, 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 I've actually got four down because I was toying with one. But I think I'll go with, with uh, a personality one. I, I just predict there's going to be a bigger role for Andrew Neil uh, in BBC Ooh. Current Affairs. Now, I, I have no evidence for this. I just think he's absolutely brilliant on this week, mm. on Thursday nights, after question time. Mm. And I... When I'm watching Newsnight at the moment, I'm afraid I'm not a terribly... Well, I, I, I think uh, Andrew Neil would have made a wonderful um, host of Newsnight. So I don't know whether he's going to turn up on that at all because obviously the dice has, has rolled on that one. But I could see him taking over question time. He's avuncular and he's actually uh, mellowed and he just is incredibly knowledgeable. 
I, I absolutely agree with you, actually. And you compare and contrast the uh, election coverage that Hugh Edwards did that was so boring for the Scottish referendum against what he was doing, Andrew Neil was doing for the, just the by-election uh, recently. And you'd, you'd watch hours of Andrew Neil, wouldn't you? I mean, I've had many dealings with Andrew Neil, and I, and I would not have thought he could be as warm and, and as compelling on television as he has matured into. But that is the fact of the matter. He is very good telly. Well, regular listeners of the media podcast will know that we don't think there's any room for warmth or humour in a serious <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Plunkett, and I am broadcasting correspondent at The Guardian, and a big fan of this uh, media podcast. My three predictions for 2015 are, I think it's going to be a big year for Channel 5. They've got a new owner in uh, MTV parent company Viacom, and I think they're going to splash the cash on lots more rights and going to be really seriously breathing down Channel 4's neck uh, in terms of audience share, if not necessarily public service programmes. My second prediction is, it's another five, and this is Radio 5 Live. It's not a prediction to say they're going to have lots of changes in daytime. They've already done that with people like Peter Allen and uh, well, a whole new uh, lineup in daytime, replacing Richard Bacon, Victoria Derbyshire, etc., etc. Come on, Plunkett, it's meant to be a prediction. This is a retrospective, of course. So my prediction is uh, that it's going to be a tough year of transition, I, I think, for, for Five Live. It's going to take a long time for those shows um, to bed in. I think they're going to see quite a lot of audience churn, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there and uh, what the lineup looks like this time next year. My third prediction is unusually uh, for this part of the show. It doesn't involve number five, and this is about Saturday Night Entertainment. I think we're going to see uh, tricky times in this area. There are still some very big shows out there, of course. You see Next Factor finish, Strictly Come Dancing about to finish, and then Britain's Got Talent will uh, be around next year. But these are dinosaurs. They are very, very healthy dinosaurs, don't get me wrong. But, you know, one day the meteor is going to come, and these shows aren't going to be with us anymore. Now, ITV was going to do it with Rising Star, a format they uh, brought in at great expense, um, but they decided to ditch it before it even aired. Uh, so now they've got to try and find something else. They can't keep putting on Simon Cowell shows forever. Well, they, they can keep putting on Simon Cowell shows, but as we saw with the X Factor this year, they're not as big as they once were. So where does ITV and BBC One go next? This episode of The Media Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace 7. The latest version of Squarespace still uses drag-and-drop tools to make your website, but now it comes with fancy new designs and themes to make a very modern website for your business or portfolio. Just head to squarespace.com to get a free trial with no credit card required. Plans start at $8 a month and include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And, if you're hooked you can get 10% off a monthly or annual plan by using the code MEDIAPOD at the checkout. Begin building your website with Squarespace 7 today. And don't forget, you'll receive 10% off when you use the offer code MEDIAPOD. I'm Fee Glover and I do Odds and Sods for Radio 4. I am enormously excited about 2015 because I think the serial podcast in 2014 is an absolute game changer and I never ever thought I'd use that expression but it is a game changer because I think it will do something to people's 
confidence in podcasting and in making a different type of creative audio that is going to pay dividends for all of us. And the important word in that sentence is pay. So I am enormously excited about 2015. Can't wait to see what comes out of the download market. Hello, I'm Jane Garvey. I'm one of the presenters of Women's Hour on Radio 4. A couple of things I'm looking forward to next year, the election. Really looking forward to that. There's going to be some really interesting coverage of it on Women's Hour. We're going to get out and about, do a few outside broadcasts from slightly surprising places. It's going to be brilliant. And like everyone else, I am desperate for more of the Serial podcast. I'm Helen Zaltzman. I'm a podcaster. And I think 2015 is going to be a really interesting year for podcasts in a good way. The end of 2014 was very exciting uh, because suddenly a lot more people were into them and a lot of people were taking them more seriously than they had before they realised it's not just a bunch of amateurs making shows in their houses which is how I make podcasts uh, but they listened to Serial and uh, they thought wow the medium has a lot of potential so I think in 2015 we might see a lot more shows made with that kind of ambition maybe not with those kinds of resources though because not everyone has this American life behind them and all that experience but hopefully as well in Britain we'll start to see some big podcasts that aren't just made by famous comedians Uh, I'm not dissing the famous comedian podcast but in Britain the scene is so dominated by comedy and I'd love to see some really original shows that people listen to in their droves that are in a different genre Uh, Hello, my name is Ben Cooper I'm controller of Radio Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation They said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One, one extra, and for 2015, the things that I'm looking forward to couple really first one is we've just started in the bbc iplayer and i'm looking forward to that going from strength to strength and secondly if you thought glasgow was good as a big weekend wait till you see the lineup for next year's big weekend it's going to be amazing oh i'm alex farber broadcast magazine it's going to be interesting to watch the growth of sky europe we'll see what they can do with a huge budget
Laura Mansfield, Outline Productions. I think next year we're going to see the unashamed return of formats across the schedules, across the channels. For a long time, formats have been a dirty word. I think everyone's going to celebrate the joy of formats this year. Hello, I'm Steve Ackerman, and what I expect in 2015 is a few things. First of all, I think we're going to see the continued rise of streaming services and the challenge they might make to traditional music radio. I think expect to see some even bigger players come into that space that aren't already there at the current time. I think we're going to see some further changes on the TV production landscape. We've obviously had huge consolidation in the past 18 months, but we've now got a second wave of smaller companies that will be interesting to see what happens on that front. And I think we're going to see the continued movement and spend of brands into the content space as they start to fund their own online content, TV and audio content. And I think that's going to start to evolve at a much faster pace. Uh, I also think in 2015, maybe... Facebook will launch some kind of Tinder-like dating function. I've thought for a few years they should have been doing this since their functionality is inbuilt into a lot of free dating apps. So it seems unlike Facebook not to jump on it and take most of the pie. But maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't want people to be uh, copulating with each other. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a podcast. You just did. Yeah, you can say whatever you like on a podcast. So joining me now with some more predictions are the creative directors of Lemonade Money and Folder Media, respectively, Faraz Osman, Matt Deegan. Uh, We're going to talk about your predictions for 2015. We're going to start with you, Matt. Right. Uh, But before we do, we have another Matt, producer Matt, who is here and actually has, in a very high-tech format, he's written it down on pen and paper, uh, the predictions that you gave... Uh, our friends at the Guardian Media Talk podcast this time last year for what would happen in 2014. I can't remember any of these. Okay, number one, Global will sell the uh, GMG stations that uh, they bought for a low amount. They'll sell them for a low amount and will be left stronger as a result. Which is kind of true. They didn't sell all of the stations they bought. But they, and they brought back Smooth Christmas. They flogged I've off, been a big fan the last uh, month. They flogged off a, a few of them for, le- for much less money, but did an extremely clever deal where they still retain the brands. I give myself 80% of that one. Uh, I'd give you the full I'd, one. I'd, well, I'd say 60. Okay. 60%. 0. 0.7 as a... <laughs> all right, let's compromise on 70%. Matt, what else did Matt Deegan predict last year? Uh, he also said that a second DAB multiplex would be announced and sold in 2014. Uh, well, it has been announced, uh, but it's been pushed back slightly to later this month to go in. I think that if, if George Osborne is happy that he's brought the deficit and debt down <laughs> when he said he'd get rid of it, then I think that's... A, I'm going to give you 80% on that one. Thank you, George Osborne. Yeah. And uh, Matt also said that Radio 1 would have a troublesome year. Uh, there would be a further decline in Grimshaw's show in terms of ratings, and that would have a knock-on effect in the station in, in its total ratings. Mm. So, mixed, mixed feelings on that. Yeah, mixed bag for Nick. He's kind of been up and down all year. It hasn't turned into a breakout hit. Two years in, we should probably see some signs of, of change. Um, I think they're going to change how they make that show a little bit soon. And stations as a whole does are OK, but pretty flat. So not quite as apocalyptic as... I'm not going to say as I hoped, but as I predicted. OK. I don't know if I can quite call you Nostradamus, yeah. but then you're not the one who calls yourself a radio futurologist, are you? That's Indeed, your mate that's James. It, that's the other fellow. Yeah, so if he was here, that would be good because you could have a full-on scrap. But actually, in a way, it's good that he's not, and we've got Faraz instead. Uh, Faraz, who would you, what would you like to predict is going to be big in 2015? God, um, I think there's going to be a lot of change this year. Um, in particular... Uh, we've been looking a lot about what the BBC and iPlayer are doing. I think we'll probably see a lot more verticals, so we'll see 
channels as brands diminishing and verticals like arts and music and entertainment becoming a bigger thing and I think that that will start start a march in towards what online broadcast is going to look like moving forward. I think also when it comes to broadcast itself I reckon there's a new war for Saturday night entertainment on the go. Um, I think that the performance of X Factor this year alongside the performance of Strictly this year and also alongside the performance of things like The Great British Bake Off means that hopefully we'll see some new exciting formats that will be tested. Some will fail, but hopefully we'll have one breakout hit that will be very exciting. I think that there's a brief out at the moment from the BBC to kind of look for something new and exciting. Yeah, but if I was to make a prediction along these lines, you know, bearing in mind what happened last year with The X Factor and and Strictly, as you say, it probably is that after The Singer takes it all and uh, what was that one, the the Israeli one that never happened, Rising Star, we're not going to see any more singing formats are we which I think is a good thing I hope not but it sounds like you're poo-pooing my predictions before the year's even started why (laughs) well well, I mean I think that there are going to be what I think will happen is a lack of of elimination formats Mm. I think we're done with that um, even though the Bake Off has been successful but I think that we're going to see something new that is going to be different from, from as you say the singing contest but saying that variety stuff and that always works really nicely maybe there's just a new format that hasn't been found in there yet but, um, but I, do, I do think that ITV in particular needs something that's new and refreshing and exciting than what they have at the moment with um, well, I'm a Celebrity and an X Factor so okay. we'll see something exciting coming along the way and then finally well I would say this there'll be lots more music programming made by young made by independent you. production companies that will be terribly exciting uh-huh. come, come speak to us about yeah. that I, I predict I'm going to be hosting this morning by the end of this year yeah, let's uh, do that let's make uh, predictions about ourselves <laughs> that works <laughs> to borrow a catchphrase from one of those elimination formats for us you are hired well done good we'll, we'll write those Thank predictions you. down Matt Deegan your moment has come predictions for 2015 we're looking for a better than 60% accuracy yes. to beat um, your 2014 rate uh, death of crap aggregators <laughs> so be it like uh, TV channels or, radio, or single radio stations whose job it is is to combine some stuff together and hope they can slap some ads on it or get some viewers I think rise of over the top TV Netflix BBC iPlayer if, if your job is doing a kind of crappier version of that I think your, your time has probably come and I say also if your job has been to trick things like Facebook into sending you traffic I think your time has probably come now as well that's probably going to be dead uh, so I think internet's going to be harder to achieve it's going to, be, it's going to need to be about better content and better brands average isn't going to do anymore I think in radio it's going to be a relatively quiet year though the big story will be Bauer and Global fighting each other on the national scale with Magic on the national multiplex and Smooth on the national multiplex probably more telly ads for those more talent for those and actually a more competitive structure you know uk radio the way licenses works there's never really been lots of people crossing stations and swapping stations i think we're going to look a lot more like australia where big talent moves for big bucks i think it's gonna be the rise of national radio bold stuff okay well we matt Matt has written those down and we will uh, obviously reconvene this time next year to see whether you can beat your record can I throw one more in there just because there's something actually I think is quite important that might happen next year I will allow that is that okay yeah. my last one was a bit flippant predictions but it, extra <laughs> predictions extra well, we really but don't I, like flippancy on this show I <laughs> sorry. think I made that very clear but I, I do think that there's going to be something interesting happening with, with media agencies and this whole principle about advertisers go to agencies who then sell their time on TV I think what we will actually start seeing a lot of is 
um, brands going directly to production companies to make things for their own online channels or for YouTube and, and that's going to disrupt the market quite significantly I think I think that the, the BMW show or the Red Bull show or anything like that will, will start with seeing more of where they don't feel like they need to do adverts for 30 seconds long in between programs and they can start making their own content and that's going to change the game significantly particularly with media agencies and them sitting in the middle of that equation well that wasn't flippant for us you've got very serious now (laughs) soberingly so (laughs) we'll get back to you on that one as well Hello, I'm Jake Cantor. I'm the news editor at Broadcast Magazine. And these are my predictions for 2015. I predict that ITV is going to sell next year. Looks like it's sharpening up for a sale. They've just announced that they want to give staff a below inflation pay rise. It all feels like they're moving towards you know, doing business with potentially a big American company like Liberty Global. And the other prediction is probably a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to say BBC Three decision is going to get accepted by the trust and by autumn next year uh, we may well be looking at the first uk digital channel moving online my name's lisa campbell i'm the director of the guardian edinburgh international television festival i think that the edinburgh television festival in its 40th year will be bigger and better than ever and one of the best we've ever had <laughs> amazing speakers especially the mctaggart I think maybe maybe the YouTube stars. I think they're going to get even bigger and better. You know, people like Zoella sort of becoming, you know, entering into the mainstream. And you're currently getting a lot of YouTube stars saying they're not interested in telly. They don't need telly. But I'm not sure. I, th- I think we'll start to see more crossover. We might well have a, a YouTuber showcase with lots of screaming teenagers to to make the telly types look around and realise exactly what is the hell is going on out there. <laughs> Hello, I'm Paul Robinson. Maybe let's start by thinking back to 2014 and how did I do? Well, I did forecast correctly, as it happens, that Radio 1 would not change its daytime lineup. Nick Grimshaw is still very much hosting the Radio 1 breakfast show. And the other major prediction, I guess, was Global, who were forced to sell some of their stations as a result of the uh, inquiry uh, into the acquisition of Smooth and Real. And I said they'd sell to a non-UK broadcaster, and indeed they did, to Communicore, which is Irish. So just about squeezed in there as non-UK. So what to this year? Radio 1 has made a big thing this year about iPlayer and about YouTube and about reconnecting to young audiences. The right strategy. I don't think what they're doing is good enough and I think that next year, 2015, we're going to see them having to do something much more substantial to try and get young people back into Radio 1. Its audience will continue to decline and its number of hours will continue to decline. So I think it's going to be focusing back on the radio station rather than maybe gimmicky things like putting content onto iPlayer that frankly is there already and no one's going to find it compelling enough to really change their habits with Radio 1. As far as Global Radio is concerned, well, we have Global Radio, we have Bauer and uh, UTV. They're the three major groups. And very interesting that actually Bauer, at the end of this year, have really started to move towards global strategy, which is about producing big brands. They've introduced this new City 2, which is the the second station in each market. But really, it's a big grown-up gold station with people like Mike Reed and so on on there. So they're now building brands. Magic's going on to DAB. So again, Magic will become a national station. So we're seeing Bauer and Global now doing a much more similar thing. So my forecast is this, that the three current big players will become two. So either Global or Bauer will absorb UTV radio at some point in 2015. 
And also on radio, one of the things that's been talked about a lot in the last uh, year or so, particularly with the changes at Radio 5 Live schedule and Radio 2, is there's still not a significant daytime female presenter on either Radio 2 or Radio 5 Live. I think 2015 is the year when one of those networks will hire a new daytime female presenter. So away from radio, I think what's interesting about television is that certainly amongst young people, streaming and non-linear services are seen as much cooler than scheduled content. Uh, They want to watch and listen when they want to rather than when it's scheduled. And at the moment you've got two models, the the Netflix model which is subscription uh, or Virgin Media or even Sky um, and then you've got the YouTube model which is advertising. The problem with advertising is you can't get more than about £25 per thousand to buy people. And that's a good price compared to radio. Radio would love that, by the way. But uh, on on TV, about £25. And it's not enough to support really big high-end productions. The way to do that is via subscription. How else would you get House of Cards, for example, on Netflix? So I think we're going to see Google really properly in 2015 go into a subscription model. So we're going to have Google with all the stuff that's on there currently, which is the weird and wacky, um, the stuff... they can get for free or people are happy to give it them for free and then we're going to see a much higher end set of content you know in the way they're going to start commissioning the way amazon does uh, and the way netflix does the other really interesting trend that's been happening this year and is going to accelerate in 2015 is going to be the rise of the mobile networks. We've now got Vodafone, the big UK telephone company, have now bought a lot of stuff overseas. They bought Kabul Deutschland in Germany, they bought Comhem in Sweden, they bought Ono in Spain, and we think that um, EE, the joint venture of France Telecom and Deutsche Telekom, is going to be swallowed by BT. So suddenly you've got these phone companies now having television companies. So we're going to see a big, big battle, and of course Telefonica, who've got O2, are also a big player in television in Spain and in Latin America. So in the UK too, we're going to see those companies really working on mobile TV. Mobile services, mobile television uh, is going to become a much bigger thing um, in 2015. Uh, We've got a couple of other big things in production. The the Shine Endemore merge has now gone through. I don't know what those guys are going to produce, but I think we're going to see something amazing come out of that new collaboration. They're stuffed full of talent. So we'll see a major, major new show that will emerge out of that stable. The BBC, of course, is going to have to get its act together because Charter Renewal is coming up. So I think we're going to see a very well-behaved BBC. I hope it's not a a risk-averse BBC, but we're going to see a well-behaved BBC as they batten down the hatches. And the the bad news, I'm afraid to say, is the show that was the most viewed this year, The Great British Bake Off, uh, is not going to be next year. Great British Bake Off, I'm afraid is declining it's going to be down to two or three in 2015 well that is it for this first podcast of the year big thanks to all my guests too numerous to mention here but that does mean we have time instead to thank Tim Brandon, who supported this podcast with a Kickstarter donation. Tim is the editor of mildconcern.com, which he claims is one of the UK's least popular film, TV and arts blogs. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Also, David Holmes, who works in financial services. Thank you to you as well. I've been Ollie Mann. The producer is Matt Hill. The media podcast will return in two weeks' time. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.